Welcome to the Nurses for Healthy Environments podcast. My name is Beth Shank, healthcare sustainability leader in Missoula, Montana. During this episode, I speak with two of my three co-researchers who developed, tested, and maintained CHANT, the climate health and nursing tool, just updated for 2021 data collection. If you are a regular listener to the podcast, you will know Kara Cook and Shanda Demarest. If not, listen and learn more. Welcome to the Nurses for Healthy Environments podcast. I am really excited today to talk to some of my dear friends and colleagues who have, uh, with whom I have worked on developing the CHANT, the Climate Health and Nursing Tool. So with me today is Kara Cook, who many of you know, who is the Climate and Health Program Manager for ANI, the Alliance of Nurses for Healthy Environments, and Shanda Demarest, who is Member Engagement Manager at Practice Green Health and Affiliate Faculty at the University of Minnesota School of Nursing. Welcome, friends. I'm excited today to talk about CHANT for a couple of reasons. One, we are now in our fifth year of working on this project. And for listeners out there, CHANT is the climate health and nursing tool. It is a survey that we have been building over these five years. And when the new year starts, which it just did a few weeks ago, we start a new collection period. So we are now collecting 2021 data and we would invite all nurses and healthcare professionals around the world to take the chant at any time. And the link to how to do so is in the show notes. So please take a look at that. But what we're gonna do today is just talk a little bit about this experience of creating the chant, of studying it for the last few years, how it intersects with other efforts around climate and health and nursing and health professionals. So I'm excited to get started. So Carol, why don't you start by telling us a little bit about your work on climate and then why you felt like early on it was worth your time to get involved with CHANT. Of course, Beth. So um, as the Climate and Health Program Manager with Annie, my work focuses specifically on engaging nurses and nursing organizations around climate and health and different areas of uh, nursing. So whether that's nursing practice, nursing advocacy, um, nursing education or research, it's you know across the board. And what we were really seeing kind of anecdotally as we, over the past years, we've kind of been growing our programs on climate change is we've seen more and more nurses, more and more health um, professionals getting concerned about climate change and wanting to do stuff about it. But what we, what we weren't able to tell is you know, what is that specific data behind, um, you know, nurses awareness? Are we really seeing increased awareness? Are we seeing increased action? Um, and we weren't really able to tell that. So where the idea for um, CHAN came from is that we could develop a survey tool specific for nurses in which you could actually measure that and then be able to have some numbers behind um, some of the programmatic work we were doing to be able to track that. Cool. So it kind of wrapped right into what you were focusing on. So Shanda, I, I'm thinking back to 2017. How did you get involved with, mm. with us? Yeah, yes. So back in 2017, I think when we embarked upon this project together, I was an assistant professor. Um, so full-time faculty role through which I you know, had sort of this portion of my um, faculty time to dedicate towards scholarship. 
And like Tara, um, I had also been very focused on climate and health and, and sustainability personally and as professionally as I could be, um, but really wanted to have a more formal um, sort of thread of climate and health research, of course, specifically related to nurses. And so that, that was my story coming into this. Fabulous. So, so all of us came to this with kind of a head of steam about what we were focused on and wanted to spend our time with. And we also had a fourth scientist named Dr. Eka Berdouli, who is a psychometrician at Washington State University. And she can't be with us on the podcast today, but she has been a, a fellow partner all along the way. And her skills are very important because of the help with the psychometric analysis that we've done. So as we um, began this process, we needed to get some validated content. So we wanted to talk with experts across the nation, and I believe we had one in Canada as well, so it was slightly international, uh, to, to ask them about their experience with nurses' knowledge about um, climate and health, what they would want to know about this. Kara, tell me what you remember about that or what you learned from that experience of interviewing experts. Yeah, and this is really one of the first things we did when we were developing um, Chant. And we, we knew we wanted to pull together a survey asking specific questions on you know, awareness, behavior, knowledge level of nurses, but we wanted to make sure we were asking the right questions, that they were coming across the way we wanted them to, and that we would be able to get that data that we were actually looking for. And so the, the process of asking these content experts to look at um, you know, the, the questions we were pulling together was really to help um, you know, give us some content, context and what we needed to either take out or include or what we needed to expand on. And so we asked a, you know, a variety of people. We each kind of took a, a couple content experts in the, air, in the nursing field um, who were really focused on climate change and health we, we conducted interviews and we tried to interview people kind of across, you know, they were experts in um, climate and health, but they were also um, varying in their disciplines. So we, you know, interviewed academics, practicing nurses, nurse researchers. I believe we also interviewed some um, data folks uh, just to make sure, you know, we were sticking to some of the language that we needed to stick to in developing surveys. And that really kind of helped guide us and move us into the questions that we have now in the tool. And Shanda, I'm remembering back to at when we were analyzing all of those questions and the input from these, these uh, volunteers, these participants in our study, that was a, its own separate study really. Um, we had multiple iterations of how we started to frame the questions. We would test them on people. We asked ourselves, well, does that make sense? And we ended up reorganizing quite a lot. What, what do you remember about that, that that comes to mind, about that process of really kind of chewing through the input from these content experts? It was incredibly complex and time-consuming. And, and I think this experience for me, um, it was my first experience going through a tool development process. And actually the skills that I learned during this, I've applied many times thereafter, even in just you know, much more simplified survey development. And it's incredible how you know, we can 
shape a question and anticipate what answers could be. But for the researchers to do that, it, you know, you're doing it from within your own brain and, and sort of your own clouded circle of, of being, you know, inundated with this content constantly. But until you present it to another person, then you really start to understand, oh, we could get all sorts of answers the way that we've shaped um, this, this prompt or this question. And so those interviews with experts and, and people who had been in academia doing you know, survey development for different, for different reasons as well was incredibly helpful. And I think the questions that this team had originally were far greater than they are um, in the final survey. So we pared down a lot and, and reshaped a lot based on that. Yeah, that was, it was so interesting, isn't it? It's, and it's just interesting to have to think of your own perception and then imagine what another person's perception is. I, I don't know if you guys have experienced this, but since working on scale development, I just see all scales differently. Any sort of political scale or survey, I'm like very suspect. Um, you know, user preference scales that you might have for vendors who want to get your, your feedback. I'm like, ah, you should have phrased that a little bit, you know, in a less leading way. So uh, it's interesting to uh, work through some of those psychological aspects of, of trying to collect data in a, in a realistic and solid way. I had experience. Mm -hmm. Or I'll look at a Likert scale and say, well, there are only five options there and we know the people aren't going to pick option one or option five. So you clearly need that. Yeah, just really open my eyes to this, this science of survey development. Yeah, cool. Okay, so that took us basically through 2017 and 2018. And now we have two years of data that we have reported out on for 2019 and we'll soon be working on 2020. So I, I wanted to talk a little bit about, um, you know, thinking back and to the present at the same time, why did we develop Chant and has it met your, your needs? So I know that we've, we've talked about this a lot over the years, but uh, Kara, what are your thoughts on, you know, you, you mentioned a little bit that we didn't have a tool that um, we didn't understand really the profession or what we might do with it. So what do you think so far? Is it serving what, what you hoped it would? Well, I have to be honest, Beth, I was thinking that we would use this, you know, specifically for some of the work that Annie was doing and being able to do some program evaluation. And I think we still can, but one of the really exciting things um, that has come out of this process is how faculty are, are using this tool, nursing faculty are using the tool um, with their students to kind of do pre and post test um, measures after they do a um, they have a conference or a, a talk on climate change, seeing you know what might have changed, and how we've really been able to um, incorporate it across you know the many initiatives that Annie is working on, as well as with our partners. And I'll let Shanda touch to how we've been utilizing this in the Nurses Climate Challenge, which has been an exciting development. But I think that for me was throughout the whole process was just seeing how it was able to grow from just, you know, a survey tool to be potentially used for program evaluation to now being used, you know, broadly across the profession and even internationally. Yeah, great. Um, it, yeah, I would say it has evolved. Its purpose has evolved to me, uh, you know, as well. I mean, I, I was uh, motivated to try and move the profession forward. And I felt like, well, how can we if we don't know where we are. We don't know where we are in terms of nurses understanding 
of climate change and health, their perception, their concern, their motivation, their behaviors, what they're seeing in their patients. I just felt like we were in the dark really as a profession. So I, I was motivated from that broad scale, not only in the US, but really globally thinking big, you know, um, and, and, and I think that's true. That's, that's really still one of my main motivations, but I've been really interested to see it, the granular results and looking at them in subsets. So for instance, as you say, one university has a different experience than another university. Some of our results I'd say are pretty universal, but we, we're really be able to see um, what's happening in different parts of the country. I hope eventually in different parts of the world. So I, I, I continue to find it very fascinating. So Shanda, let's talk just a little bit about what has changed uh, from your perspective over the four years uh, in its use, and and also how have you been able to use this in some of the other work that you're doing? And Shanda or Kara mentioned the Nurses Climate Challenge, and we have a few others. Talk about that a little bit, would you? Sure, Beth. Um, so originally, this was geared towards nurses specifically. We are all nurses, and that's the realm that we operate within most of the time. Um, but but very quickly, we saw interest from other health professionals. And very quickly we realized, ah, okay, we need to expand this to be more inclusive of all health professionals, which it is now. Um, Kara mentioned the, you know, that transition to heavy, heavier use in universities, which is really exciting um, because faculty at universities can actually use a specific code and obtain their own data from, um, from the students that they you know, disseminate the survey to. Originally, we, you know, the three of us, the four of us, um, developed this in English, and now it's um, it's actually currently available in three languages, which is exciting. So English, Spanish, and Portuguese, and hopefully soon to be um, soon to be more languages coming down the pike here. And we have about twenty five countries that are represented in terms of participants, and we hadn't really envisioned that. Um, you know, all of this is happening simultaneously as our climate crisis continues to worsen. And, um, you know, we, we've talked a little bit about are the, you know, where we're sitting now has this tool kind of met our needs as far as curiosity goes, learning how people understand climate and, and what their motivations are, et cetera. And back in 2017, you know, the, our the parts per million of CO2 in the atmosphere were lower, we had fewer extreme weather events, and, and so physically our, our world is also different now. Um, and we know more about nurses within that because of this tool. And, and Beth, you, you mentioned too, you know, how CHANT is aligned with other programmatic um, work that, that all of us are doing. And Kara has mentioned um, Alliance of Nurses for Healthy Environments. There's a very robust climate, uh, global climate work group, as a matter of fact. Um, there is the Nurses Drawdown, which is an exciting collaboration between Annie and um, Project Drawdown, capital T Project Drawdown. And so um, a lot of the folks on this team are represented on that team as well and are working to help um, basically prepare nurses with action-oriented, um, basically things that they can do related to Project Drawdown um, that relate to all nurses in all practice settings across the globe. And so when nurses um, are taking action within Drawdown to address 
food equity um, and gender equity and energy solutions and natural solutions um, to help re you know, reduce the concentration of carbon in the atmosphere, they're also able to sort of sidle that up with chant um, to kind of report more about what they know and um, action they've taken in that realm. And then again, the nurses climate challenge, which is um, a, a tool that basically we're, we're preparing nurses to take action within primarily their practice settings, but also communities um, to address climate change and teach one another about it. And that also has a presence in universities. And so those faculty that are part of um, the Nurses Climate Challenge School of Nursing commitment can use this directly with their students. So there's a lot of integration, a lot of alignment with CHANT and all of the climate nursing work um, that we all spend a lot of our time with. Cool. That's so great, isn't it? Um, and just if, if the listeners don't know that the Nurses Climate Challenge has reached, what, about 18,000 people now, Shanda? Yeah, about 18,000 people educated by nurses using these resources across the country. So it's very, yeah, we're, we're gaining momentum. Yeah, that's great. And this year we did add a question in chant, have you been exposed to the Nurses Climate Challenge materials? So over time, we'll be able to perhaps use this as at least a little bit of data about um, effectiveness of the Nurses Climate Challenge. So let's talk a little bit about outcomes. What what are we learning? And um, I just wonder if if each of you would just talk a little bit about something that is interesting to you or surprising to you in our results. And and uh, again, to the listeners, we have published results from 2019. We're just starting to analyze results from 2020. So most of this will be about 2019 results. Kara, do you want to share a couple of points? Yeah, one of the things that I found really interesting, and I just want to caveat with that we, the results, the people that were taking the survey were likely early adopters or really engaged on climate change and health, but I think that's also important um, for us when we're analyzing the findings to think about. Um, but so what we were finding is that you know, these, these respondents, they were concerned, they were very aware, which makes sense if it's, you know, an, an activated group of, of folks on climate and health. Um, but one thing that stuck out was that there was the awareness, there was concern, and there was motivation, but that wasn't translating into behaviors and actions. And so when we think about, you know, how do we use this tool in the future to be able to inform, you know, the interventions or initiatives that we gear towards nurses, it's like, we got to figure out how to address that gap. What is the piece that is preventing the nurses from moving from awareness to action? And that was one of the, the things I found most interesting. Uh, the other piece I found really interesting, and I wouldn't say I was surprised about, when we were looking at behaviors in terms of advocacy and talking with elected officials, one of the things we found was that nurses, the, the respondents that took the survey, they weren't they reported very low rates of actually talking to their elected officials about climate change and health, which I would say is seems pretty consistent with I've seen in my work working with nurses around advocacy and that nurses don't always see them in that advocacy role, particularly political advocacy um, and talking with, you know, local state federal leaders. Um, but, you know, always got to add in nurses are great advocates and elected officials want to hear from nurses about this. And, you know, you, we are experts in health and that applies to climate change and health. 
Yeah, such an interesting point, an uh, important point, especially since we do think this was a group of very aware nurses. I was very surprised by that. In fact, I recall 63% said never, never communicate with their elected officials. I, 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 I was really surprised. Um, Shanda, how about, what are, what are some results that you found interesting or surprising? Sure. Um, so we also asked about motivation and, you know, what, what motivates nurses to act on climate. And we learned that the top things for them were, were family and, and future for the most part. Um, and then coming down the list, it was planet, clean air and, and clean water. But we also asked the question of what demotivates you or kind of what are the barriers to, to taking this action? Um, Kara mentioned whether it's um, you know, communicating with elected officials or even communicating professionally with colleagues, communicating with friends and family or some of the more traditional sustainability actions um, like re reducing carbon footprint as best as an individual can, you know, maybe reducing single occupancy vehicle trips or eating more plant-based meals, fewer animal products, et cetera. And to the demotivation question, and again, this as an activated audience, the primary demotivating areas were, I don't know what to do. I am overwhelmed and I don't know enough about climate change. And that really surprised me because I thought, oh no, you know, if, if these are um, perhaps the people who are most engaged in this, what might folks, you know, how might they feel demotivated to take action if climate is not part of their daily vocabulary? So that to me was a real eye opener. Um, and going throughout this process and learning more about the data was one thing, but then the big question is, okay, what do we do with this? What do we do with it? And, and this isn't necessarily generalizable to all nurses, but how can we look at a relatively large profession who has some, some knowledge about the environmental and climate impacts on health? want to take action and yet don't and feel particularly demotivated. And I think there may have been, you know, some cultural context in coming into play as well. You know, this was 20, 2019 again, um, but that was really fascinating to me is what prevented them from taking that action. Well, it sure points you right back to the nurses climate challenge, doesn't it? Because if I don't know what to do, I don't know enough about it. And that's been one of the beauties of the Nurses Climate Challenge, even though it's the nurses who are teaching, it's also the nurses who are learning more in that process. And Absolutely. I think the I am overwhelmed part kind of points back to Nurses Drawdown, because as you said, that that's tangible, actionable steps that people can take. So I, I, I really like the way this helps feed some of these other projects that are um, you know, hoping, hopefully driving this work in nursing. Um, well, one, one section that I have been quite interested about is we asked about symptoms, about what nurses are seeing in their patients, in their self or their families and in people they read about. So this was, I thought a really interesting approach. I'm not sure what to make of the findings yet. Uh, we need to get a little more data, a couple of more years, but, but so far, um, the two symptoms that stood out the most were um, respiratory difficulty and mental health. And they reported um, the lowest frequencies among themselves and people they know, and then patients and clients, and then what they read about. So I just think it's an interesting conundrum about our perception of climate and health. What we're seeing in front of us, 
versus maybe the fear about what we're reading about and what we see elsewhere when there are catastrophes which are overwhelming, psychologically overwhelming to even people who are many thousands of miles away. So it's just a very, very interesting um, data that we will continue to pick apart. Well, thank you for those reflections on the data and, and the full data can be found in our papers and I will also include that in the uh, show notes. So I just want to ask you both about this whole experience and you know it's kind of a deep dive into this project. We've been doing it for five years. What have you learned personally? And it may not be data about the findings, but what about your own experience with this uh, project? Uh, Shanda, you want to go first? Certainly. Um, and, and I've shared a little bit about how much I learned related to actual tool development. And I mean, in, in grad school and undergrad nursing school, I remember reading about the, you know, the concepts of validity and reliability and never really understood that and went through this very in-depth process. And now I feel like I have such a better grasp on that and, and much more of an appreciation for yeah, really for evaluative tools generally. But then this, this next phase is now that we have, you know, we have 2019 data, we have 2020 soon to evaluate that. What comes next? Because it's, it's more than just collecting the data. The application is in a lot of senses more valuable. And as Kara mentioned, you know, in the beginning, coming in with a perception of, okay, could, you know, what might we do with this data to influence um, different programs that we're working in and whether, you know, whether it's through Annie or, um, you know, the Nurses Climate Challenge or what have you, we have so many irons in the fire simultaneously that, that this data will be valuable for. And that's, to me, a big next step. Um, actually, it's a, it's a big void right now. We need to think a lot more about how to utilize this in a way that is helpful, not only for the programming, of course, but for nurses and the climate, which is really what this is all about. You bet, thank you. Yeah, it's interesting to think about what chant might be. Kira, tell us what you have learned personally and what um, has been interesting. And also what are your aspirations for chant? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, similar to Shanda, this was really my first time actually doing any kind of tool development. So I learned a ton about that whole process, a ton about statistical analysis that I never thought I would know. Um, so that was a pretty cool experience to be involved in that. And then I think, you know, to see the different iterations that are coming out year after year and how we're able to expand chance um, and, and, you know, take what we learned from the the first year where we analyze the data and then we'll do that for 2020 um, and just to be able to better inform, you know, narrow and hone in on, okay, are we asking the right questions? Are we getting the right answers? And what does this actually mean? I think that's been a really cool experience. Um, and I think also what has been really exciting is learning from the nursing community that's using the tool. Um, so, you know, we mentioned a lot of nursing faculty are using it. We also have some DMP students that are actually using this in their DMP projects, which is really cool because then they're like digging super deep into, um, you know, using the tool maybe in, in multiple times throughout their project and then actually getting their own results and doing their own analysis. So I think that's also been really exciting for me to be able to learn from them uh, in terms of, you know, what they're finding. And as for aspirations, I, I just think it 
you know, I would love to see more widespread use of, of chants um, in this, having it really be something that any nurse would want to take, even if they're like, I don't know what climate change is, or I don't care about it, but just so we can start to get that perspective into it too, because that's an important um, view to be hearing. We don't, we don't want to just be preaching to the choir, or always getting the feedback from nurses that are already engaged. We want to bring those folks in that aren't engaged, that don't know anything about climate change, so we can actually see what are the barriers and obstacles for them to get involved. And so I would love to see, you know, broader use of the survey and more representative, you know, group of nurses taking the survey in the U.S. and around the world. I think that would be really awesome. That's cool. Well, I've, I've learned a lot too. Um, both, both, it's not my first time to develop a scale, but you know, it's, 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 it's they're, they're all different, of course. And um, this is complex. We've, we've really brought in a number of different constructs and are treating them almost as separate subscales. And um, I think that's the way to do it. And I'm pleased with that. It's a lot to analyze. I've learned a lot more about that. I've learned actually how, how to share it with university faculty or students and have a whole different approach now that when we started, it was so complicated and required a lot of my time on weekends. And so now it's almost automatic, not quite, but almost automatic. So it's a, a lot easier to access, which I find um, helpful. I have uh, loved learning from both of you and from Dr. Berdouli. And we have spent a lot of time together analyzing this data, talking it through, and that it's just so good to get other perspectives because I, you know, I think I understand you know, my own mind, but I, I learned different things from, from each of you and, and others as we have worked together. So I really appreciate that. Um, I do have some aspirations for chant, including like you both have said, broader use and um, higher numbers in part so that we could then pull out data related to specific events, because it would be so interesting to see what happens in the two months after a fire season or the two months after a political change. I'd really like to understand that amongst health professionals because health professionals, there's so many of us and we are we have you know powerful voices. Um, I would love to have more doctoral students, particularly any students, but I would love to get some PhD students who would look into this data as secondary data because there's so much information here that we're barely touching with our analysis because it's complex, but it's, it's loaded. So I, I would love to see that. I would also like to see some grant funding at some point because then we could do targeted subsampling. And um, right now it's kind of a free for all, whoever we can get to take it. And, and we know that that's a limitation of our analysis each year. So I would like to see that as well. But mostly I guess I'm really excited about the longitudinal nature and we're starting to accumulate some years so we can see what happens over time. So, well, you all, this has been really fun. And I, I love to talk about it. And I really uh, appreciate both of you and Eka so much for this shared work together. And we're, we're, uh, we'll wrap up now, but is there anything else either of you would like to say? Well, Beth, you have really put so much of your heart and soul into this. And I honestly have mentored myself and Kara through this process. So I just wanna say thank you. There's no way I could have embarked upon something like this by myself. So thank goodness for you. <laughs> yes, Janda, I echo that. It's been, you know, a really great team effort. Um, it's just so excellent to work with you all. And then I also put a plug in. If you haven't taken Chant, make sure you take it. It's a new year. Uh, if you're a nurse, definitely take it. If you're a health professional, take it and share it. Wonderful. Thanks so much, you guys. Thank you.
working with Kara, Shanda, and Dr. Eckerberduli has been super interesting. For me, it is fascinating to try to understand the perspectives of nurses and other healthcare professionals on this enormous health challenge, climate change. We do ask all nurses and other healthcare professionals to take chant at least annually. Please find the link on the show notes or on the envirn.org website and submit your responses. Thank you all for listening to the Nurses for Healthy Environments podcast and for taking chant. Please subscribe, comment, and share the podcast. Thanks and talk to you next time.